give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What is going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, the Draft Dak NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulliba, and I am here as always with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, how we doing today, bud? Dude, it's a good day. It's a really freaking good day. I I gotta say, Corey, I, I think you and I, you know, our listeners may not know, but we've got full-time jobs, you know, but being able to get on here and record and talk about you know guys who look like gumby and talk about their strengths and weaknesses it's it's exciting man i'm ready to go and you know i i'm really really because we have not talked about it at all we like to keep things secret until we start recording so we give you guys the best content but i'm really excited to hear what you have to say about chet because i have some thoughts i i know you do and that's why i uh i figured that we hit up chet early and you know this is still preseason stuff. Nothing's set in stone. We're we're right. guys who are willing to adapt our opinions one way or the other. Um, and and if we're wrong, you know, we're wrong. But we got to trust what we watch on the film, either before the season and the college season. And honestly, watching high school tape is very challenging. It's really hard to get a grasp on how some of this stuff's going to translate. And that's something we'll get into with Chet because this guy is a monster when watching some of his games against like high school kids, he's just so much taller. Like it's literally high school kids that you would see in any high school across America sometimes. And they have to contend with a kid who's seven feet tall with a seven, six wingspan. Now they might weigh the same amount as him, but it's like, you know, it's not fair. It's, it's, it's bad enough when you were in high school and maybe there was a kid who was like six, 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 seven on the other team. You know, and and this is a, a legit seven footer with a seven six wingspan who is multi talented and can do a little bit of everything. But we'll get into all of that. Chet Holmgren, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the newest get for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, former teammate of Jalen Suggs in high school. Kid is from Minnesota. Uh, he's nineteen years old. As we mentioned a couple of times, seven six wingspan, seven foot. He weighs one hundred and ninety five pounds, according to uh, Gonzaga measurements. Uh, nice. uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, he was the 2020-2021 uh, Gatorade National Player of the Year. Averaged twenty point eight points per game, twelve point six rebounds per game, four point four assists per game, and four point seven blocks per game, shooting sixty eight percent from the field. Uh, he was also the FIBA. U19 tournament MVP over the summer playing with a lot of other uh, prospects that you're going to find in this 2022 class. He shot 54% from three in that tournament uh, played really well. So Chet's got a lot going for him, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's get into the stock price. Um, okay. Preseason ESPN has Chet as the projected number one overall pick. Right. SB Nation has Chet at number two. Mm. Tankathon also has Chet at number two. And Bleacher Report, like ESPN, has Chet as the number one overall prospect in the class. That brings his preseason average stock price set at one and a half. So, Albert, mm. I ask of you, 
Is Chet Holmgren stock price too high, too low, or is it just right? Yeah, for you know, for all our listeners who listened to our episode last week on Jaden Hardy, it's clear that one and a half is going to be high, I think, for both of us. But you know what, Corey, I do want to throw in a little bit of a curveball. Um, I do think it's too high, but I do actually understand why these sites have him so high. And that's, I, I think, going to be kind of like, you know, the brunt of what we talk about today. He's a really interesting, interesting prospect that I'm excited to talk about. But I think for me, a one and a half is a little too high. Uh, I, I think I'd have him a little bit lower, but I, I want to say that I do understand why sites like ESPN and Bleacher Report have him so high. I actually think it's just right. If he was unanimous, if he was unanimous number one, right, I right. would say that it was too high. But you know, one and a half, it does feel right to me because I can see the argument for uh, Boncaro. Mm-hmm. Personally, I know we both had Hardy at number one. Um, for Chet, that puts him in a group. After that, you're talking Jalen Duran, who we covered. Uh, you're talking Yannick Sosa, uh, Caleb Houston, um, you know, Peyton Watson. I mean, some of these guys, I I think it's clear just as a prospect, physical tools, production, um, Chet is, you know, a tier above that, that second group. He's, I think certainly in, in line talent wise. And as far as accolades go with that first group. So, if you set his stock price at one and a half and you told me that he came away being the number two overall prospect or even the number one overall prospect going into the college season, I would say, yeah, like you, Albert, I could see it. You know, mm-hmm. it, the, the talent is certainly there. It's the question marks. You know, that was the thing with Hardy. I had so few question marks outside of things that I think are easily correctable mm-hmm. when he gets to more structure, which he'll have in the G League. You know, mm-hmm. With Chet, you know, you talk about that 195 pounds soaking wet. You know, we'll see. You know, we'll see if he actually is 195 pounds. His frame is a big concern, and and we'll talk about that. But I think the stock price is is pretty on point as far as a preseason ranking goes. And like we said, once the college season starts, we're gonna know right. pretty much right away whether some of these kids um, deserve the hype that they're getting right now. And and that's the fun of the off season uh, and the fun of this exercise, because right now Chet did play against a lot of uh, kids that were five foot 11, you know, he, he just did. And um, not to say he didn't play against good competition too, and AAU and, and internationally, because he, he showed out in that FIBA tournament. And, and right. some of those games are, you know, have some really talented guys that, that championship game against uh Wimbayama in, in France is, you know, no joke. That's right. a lot of people think he's the best prospect that we've seen, you know, since Lucas. So, mm-hmm. and, and Chet played well in the game. So there's, there's a lot to like, let's, uh, let's get into his offense a little bit. Mm. Let's talk about him as a shooter. Okay. What do you okay. think about Chet's shooting projection at the college and NBA level? I do have to say, Corey, I think you and I both, like it's so on brand that we generally start these episodes with shooting just because you and I, we freaking love shooters so much. Um, but with Chet, dude, I, I think, look, I really like the shot. Um, 
I felt like the jump shot was okay. So what I wrote here was that it never seems rushed, and it never felt like it, when when I was watching him, it never felt like he was forcing anything up there. So like I think it speaks to not just the shooting, but also like his overall offensive game. I think what I was kind of impressed by was like the composure and the tempo and like how he kind of plays within himself. Meanwhile, like he also knows that he's a star. But anyway, in terms of the shooting, like I think the shot looks good. I think it looks pretty simple. I I didn't think like it looked kind of I didn't think it looked any crazy or anything like that. I enjoyed the shooting. Um the range is there. He wasn't shy. Um overall, like you know, I I definitely had as I've mentioned to you for weeks now, like I definitely had a lot of reservations before really like diving deep into his tape, but in terms of the shooting, like I actually liked it a lot, man. Like I saw a lot of a lot of possessions where he would just spot up in the corner just really effortlessly just put up a shot and it was pretty and a lot of them went in and I was like this is nice so I guess uh first off I'll say I I like his shooting yeah you know you say play within himself and I felt like at times almost a little too much you know I I think he's gotten better at it uh, a little bit but there were times where I felt like he was hesitant to let an open shot fly. You know, he's, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things about him uh, is that I think, I don't know what he projects as, as a scorer at the next levels. Cause I almost feel like he doesn't have that same mentality that a guy like Jaden Hardy has, where it's mm-hmm. like, let me go get a bucket. Like Chet very much does play within the team structure. And with right. his shooting, I it's very clean. Like you said simple and, and effortless. Like there's not a lot of moving parts. Um, right. And he can obviously shoot it over anybody because mm. he's so damn long and tall. But he was a little hesitant mm. at times. And, you know, he shot 54% in the FIBA tournament from three. And I think a lot of that has to do with he's not going to take a ton of bad three-point attempts. Right. And right. that is both a positive because he has a nicely constructed, you know, um, you know, shot chart. But at times I think you're going to want him to be a little bit more aggressive as a scorer. Now thinking about next season, you know, he's going to be playing alongside drew Timmy and drew Mm. Timmy is a really, really, really good offensive player at the college level. Right. And his game actually complements Chet's perfectly because Timmy likes to work inside and Chet is very much, you know, outside in. So I think that they are going to have a nice synergy there in that front court. You know, I think uh, a lot of nice kickouts for three and Mm -hmm. I don't want Chet to be shy. I want him to get shots up. Gonzaga plays at a really fast pace. I think that's going to be good. Um, but I want I want to see him shoot the three point shot at at a good volume next year. That that's what I'm looking for. Mm. No, I agree, man. And you make a really good point with the Timmy thing. Like, are we going to see a bunch of like four or five pick and roll stuff going on and some nice alley oops between the two guys? That that actually sounds really exciting. Um, but dude, I, I think I agree with you. I think it's interesting that you said that you feel like he's a little hesitant too much. Um, I, I think it's funny how we just like perceive that a little differently. But I think I'm, I, I think the point that you're making is 
it comes from us having different viewpoints on Chet. So I think you're saying that you want him to be more aggressive for him to be like an alpha and a number one. And I think that's why for me, like Chet is such a volatile prospect for me. Um, just because I don't, in my personal opinion, I don't think he's going to be a bust. But when I talk about the volatility, I, actually, no, I should probably save this for later. No, but let's anyway. get into Let's just get into okay. it now. Yeah, so so my biggest thing with him is the volatility comes down to is this guy going to be like a perennial all NBA guy or is he going to be like a five time all star who maybe makes like a third team all NBA is kind of how I, how I feel about Chet so far, because like for me, the reason why I felt like I the way that I perceived his game was like within himself and not too crazy was that because he may not be an alpha. He might just end up being like a really, really good second or third option, which once again is not a bad thing. And if that's the case, then maybe he becomes like, I don't know, an eight time all-star two times second team, all NBA. And then maybe his like absolute ceiling is, you know, 10 time all-star makes a bunch of first team, all NBA guys. And so when I talk about like that volatility there, I think for me, it's, is he going to be an alpha or is he going to be like a the second or third guy? And wherever he ends up, I think he's going to be really, really good. And I think that's, in my opinion, I think that might be why we're seeing his offensive game a little differently. What do you think? Well, I actually see his role similar to, I think, how you see it. I don't really oh, okay. see okay. a path for him to be a number one guy. I, you mm. know, I, I know a lot of Me people neither. A lot of people look at him and they say, is he a big man at all? Mm. Right? Or is he an oversized wing? Is right. he more Kevin Durant than Chris Stapp's Porzingis? And I think that he's more Porzingis than he is Durant because – as okay. we'll get into talking about his dribble drive game. I don't think that he has the ball handling creativity to be a full time mm-hmm. perimeter shot creator. So, you know, when I look at, when I talk about his shooting hesitancy, I, I, I kind of only really mean it in the context on like catch and shoot looks okay, or when the ball swings, like I kind of don't want him to let it fly continuously off the bounce because mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to be able to shoot it over almost anybody. I don't know if the space creation ability, right? if I've seen enough of it out on the perimeter like that, can mm-hmm. he get to the hoop by beating guys off the bounce? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can. We've seen that um, in some of these games. Uh, I think that for his size, he's very fluid as a driver, right? but it's like in that secondary capacity. Like, I don't think if you're relying on him, if you're relying on him to be KD where you just give him the ball and say, go cook, I think he's mm-hmm. going to be predictable and he's going to be launching a lot of bad shots. And think about like, yeah. when we talk about a guy like Porzingis, you know, mm-hmm. it, we talk about him in the context of like, we don't want him to only just be jacking up shots. Like what kind of value is there in a guy who's only doing that? You want guys who are going to mix it up. Right. And right. Nick's Porzingis, when he remember he came when he came out that one season the first like ten games and he was averaging yeah. like thirty points a game. Mm-hmm. Porzingis wasn't just gunning from the perimeter. Yeah, right. that was a, a big part of his game, but he was he was doing work everywhere, right? right? Um, I don't know if Chet is there now. He's in high school. He shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But I I just don't know. Like I don't look at him as a guy that 
should be a perimeter only guy. Like I, I want him to be around the hoop a little bit too. And I don't think he's got the the off the bounce game for that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the shot hesitancy again is, is more like if the ball swings to him, sometimes he would got hold, it. he would hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that dribble drive game, it's going to be interesting because uh, I like when the ball swings to him and he can attack gaps versus right. when he has the ball himself mm-hmm. and he's kind of trying to make something happen. Yeah, man, I agree with you. You know, you remember last year when we were talking about Mobley, um, one of your critiques with him and his handles that like when he gets jammed up, he'll, you know, just automatically turn his back to the basket and yeah. then start to do stuff like that. I saw that like Holmgren kind of has like a little bit of a hitch in his game like that, too, where it wasn't necessarily that he was like trying to post people up after like I this might just be a, like a me observation. But a lot of times, like I'd see him drive right hand side and he'd get jammed up and then he tried to spin over his right shoulder and then either do like a fadeaway or he did attempt some like left-handed layups that i i was actually like oh that's kind of nice but I, I think that speaks to what you're talking about too with him not having the tightest handle and also the fact that he's like a really skinny seven footer i'm sure so many people are gonna do like the whole like bugs life stick insect meme this year or I, dude honestly maybe like, we should watch- be the ones to do it maybe maybe <laughs> honestly like watching him on the court sometimes he just looked like a lamppost like he's yeah. just so tall and skinny and just sticks out amongst everybody. But I I I really agree with you, Corey, man. Like one one thing I wrote in my notes, I don't think I'd hitch my carriage to him as a bona fide number one option on a team fighting for a title one day is exactly mm-hmm. what I wrote. And and that's yeah. that's kind of how I feel, you know. But at the same time, that doesn't make him like a not like that that doesn't mean he's not a top three prospect in this draft. Um there's still a lot to like about him. So anyway, just kind of going back to where we were. The shooting is nice. Um, I, I I like how he plays within himself. I think you make a good point, though. Maybe he does need to be more aggressive. But overall, dude, like just offensively, he's a very gifted and talented guy. And yeah, like I just there's a lot to like with him. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you look at the teams towards the bottom, you know, you're Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, mm-hmm. Houston, OKC, like a lot of those teams, he was not going to be the number one option on those teams even if he goes to the to the bottom teams. You know, Detroit's got Cade. Orlando has Suggs. Uh, Houston's got Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Um, OKC's got SGA. Poku. I mean, po- yeah, Poku. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, Chet's like Poku on steroids. Oh, you know, I feel like Chet could be what people want Poco to Poku to be, you know, <laughs> but he's not going to any of those spots and and taking that kind of number one option mentality with him, I don't think. And and I think that's part of honestly, I that might be part of the appeal because mm-hmm. um, a guy that if if he could be a guy who's a second option and scoring at a an efficient rate and you know spacing the floor as a fi- in a five out off op- like that's tremendously valuable right um so I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that he he could be at times reserved now we've also seen him have very big scoring games where he is showing a lot of the package you know I personally, I don't know if you did. I didn't see much of a uh, back to the basket post game towards the hoop. <laughs> you know, like I, I think that the Mobley comparison is going to be a fun one this year because I I like Chet's offensive potential more than Mobley's. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I didn't see any kind of really back to the basket stuff until you get to the mid post. Right. You know, he, he I, I think that he does have some fun kind of mid post fadeaway turnaround shots from either side. Um, but it's weird that a, a guy that big, you don't see a whole lot going on near the hoop unless it's coming off of like a putback or something. Right. Right. And, and you're right. And also on top of what you're saying, he doesn't really look for it either. Uh, which is another, right. you know, part of that. Or not, I don't want to say it's a problem per se, because like I think it only becomes a problem if we're kind of like pigeonholing him as like this like absolute five. But maybe you know, and this this may be a kind of like the more macro conversation here. But maybe we have to look at Ch- Chet through like a lens that we haven't looked at many pro- prospects through. You know what I'm saying? Like like you've mentioned. Like, is he just a really oversized wing? Like, maybe he just has to not meet PJ Carlissimo this year. Like, I, I don't know, you know? And so <laughs> I think it's going to be really interesting to watch his development because, and which, once again, goes back to my point, that's why he's so volatile. Like, I kind of don't know what the hell this guy is. And so he's he's fun to talk about, man. Yeah, well, you know, I think for me personally, when I when I think of a player's position, ultimately, it's who can you defend and what's your role going to be defensively. Mm-hmm. I think offensively, he's got such a versatile package, even though he's not going down to bang in the post, right. um, that he still does a lot of intriguing things. And if whether you want to use him as a floor spacer and, you know, I, I love when he kind of is in the strong corner on like the right side or even, mm-hmm. you know, the left side too, whatever. And, and he gets a, a ball kick to him and it's one kind of dribble and he's already dunking at the hoop you know he loves attacking baseline it's really fun and and when you can get him in those spots attacking gaps he's he looks very fluid doing that and he could certainly play the four like if you put him in houston and you you placed him next to shangun which i think is going to look a lot like what it would look like next season when he's actually playing next to drew timmy like right he's gonna be able to those guys are going to be interchangeable and you would look at Shangun and be like, all right, he's the five on offense and, mm-hmm. and Chet's the, you know, the four or whatever position you want to, you want to call him. Uh, it's positionless at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. But the other thing too, like Chet is a legit passer. Right. Yes. You know, and, okay. and that, that's one of the more fun parts of his offensive game is that mm-hmm. he is able to use that length and that height to make some really fun, you know, reads and he can take it coast to coast. He can grab and go and, and lead the break. Um, again, you, you mentioned like, are we going to see some pick and rolls with him and drew Timmy? I think that mm-hmm. could be interesting. I don't know if I want to see it or I def- <laughs> I know I do want to see it. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to work. Yes. You know, um, it, it's definitely a fun wrinkle and something that should be experimented with especially mm-hmm. with their kind of light conference schedule. Um, but like looking at him through an NBA context, like you could just absolutely see some of these horn sets, Chet just, you know, being at the elbow, you know, right. running and just making passes to cutters, you know, getting back screened at the other, like I could, I could already envision that. I think it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, I'm so happy you brought up the passing because the passing is like another layer of the Chet Holmgren onion. Like this guy that, you know, people, I know a thousand trillion percent. You're right. That so many people are going to bring up Porzingis. 
that's the area that I think is the biggest difference between him and Porzingis for me, just because Porzingis, when he first came into the league and he was on the Knicks, passing was one of the more difficult aspects of his game. He Mm. really struggled passing out of the double team. He struggled like just overall as being a facilitator. Like that wasn't his thing at all. The thing that I really loved about Chet was he is a, he is a willing and able passer. Like he's, he's, he's actually a good passer. Like during the FIBA play, I, you know, it broke my heart to watch him absolutely destroy South Korea. Um, my, 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 my younger brethren were getting absolutely torched. Yeah, um, but they were. In that game, I loved, I absolutely loved Chet's body language and the way that he carried himself in that game. Like, obviously, you, the U.S. were torching Korea, but, like, I really loved that he never, like, it never felt like he was deviating away from the game plan. Like, he wasn't trying to be a diva. He wasn't trying to be some, like, bald his life superstar. He was making the right passes. He was moving and cutting to the right areas. He was facilitating. He was doing all kinds of things. And I was like, this actually is changing my mind about Chet, where he's not being some some douchebag playing against, like, you know, these, like, you know, six foot five South Koreans. Like, he was actually doing the right things. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, there was no cockiness to his game either that I really enjoyed. But, um. Yeah, man, just going back to your point, like the passing itself, like it was it was really good to watch. Even in high school, you know, he the grab and go stuff like, no, he wasn't prime Lamar Odom, but it looked it didn't look like he was out of his depths. Like he would grab a rebound and he bring it up and like, oh, OK, that looks kind of natural. That looks OK. Um, and I felt like he made good reads. And so I, I'm fully on board with that, man. That was one thing that really stuck out to me, too. And one of the main reasons why, like, th- that's a big difference between him and Porzingis at the same age, because I think he's a much better passer. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and it's it's, you know, one of the things to get excited about who who do you think and and this is not completely fair because it's judging Mm -hmm. a high school kid versus somebody who played a year in college Mm -hmm. but based on what you watched how would you how do you think he stacks up against Mobley because that was Mobley's selling point as well yeah I I think it's weird um Mobley looks like he has a little bit more meat on his bones um than Chet does like at least in the upper body I like their legs kind of look similar I don't know um I don't know man it's a really interesting question because to be honest with you Corey like I don't know man the more I and maybe I just have to watch Evan Mobley play in the NBA but like I don't know like the more I think about it the more I think we're not going to be wrong about how we felt about him like we were not as high on Mobley as everybody else was and I I don't feel bad about that at all but in terms of comparing the two I don't know like Mobley was a phenomenal passer but I like Chet as a passer. I think Mobley was a little bit more fluid defensively than Chet mm-hmm. was, especially guarding the perimeter. Um, I like Mobley, Mobley's feet like two points better than Chet's if we're on some random scale. I have no freaking idea where I'm even coming up with those <laughs> points. But <laughs> but overall, like I think Ch- uh, Mobley was a little bit better as like a as a perimeter defender. Um, offensively, I think Chet's clearly the better shooter. Um, is kind of how I feel. Now, touch around the rim. Corey, I wanted to ask you about that. How did mm. you feel about – because we talked about, like, the post and stuff, but we didn't really exactly talk about the touch. How did you yeah. feel about his touch around the rim? I'm interested to see how it looks in college. Okay. Okay. Because I, th- I think that there are times where he showed some impressive touch because he's an impressive, you know, 
shot maker and whatnot. But there are times too, where he was a little out of control. It was a little sloppy and, and, you know, he was kind of throwing it off like the side of the rim and kind of just using it as a, like, as a pass, it felt like to, to get an offensive rebound. I, I think that it, it's a little bit of a work in, in progress around the rim, but I think it's partly because he's not really about that life when it comes to, you know, banging and being physical. So he's just kind of like, he's trying to avoid it. And that sometimes almost like hinders what, what he's doing. Hmm. I, I agree with that. I did want to say though, Corey, a couple of times there were some baby hooks he threw up there and I was like, Oh, nice. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not, yeah. I, I wouldn't classify it as bad by any means, but it's one of those things that I'm looking forward to seeing him tackle mm-hmm. against college strength. Right. You know, um, and he'll have the length to shoot over. Uh, but you know, when he's got a guy kind of pushing him away from the hoop, how is that touch going to look when things are a little bit harder? Mm. Just a little bit. It's going to be interesting, but the he's he's a talented offensive player. Uh, going back to your point when we were talking about Mobley a couple of mi- you know minutes ago, I think Mobley definitely is more fluid on the perimeter. Yeah, I really don't think there there's much of a question. I, I think Chet moves mm-hmm. for a guy his size certainly, and I think that his length is going to allow him to, um, you know, recover in a lot of situations, even against college level athletes. But there are certain games where he was, you know, switched on to a guy like, you know, they played Hardy, um, Jaden Hardy in a AAU game and Hardy kind of, you know, was able to get to where he wanted. Now to be fair, Chet did force him to the, the weak side of the hoop. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mobley, it almost felt like he, he, glided he slides yeah. his feet or a lot of times it feels like like chet is kind of doing like the the karaoke mm-hmm. you know with his feet <laughs> um when he's gotta you know slide consistently but one of the the things and mobley had this too uh chet covers so much ground with his wingspan that he mm-hmm. can give guys like that a little bit of room right but uh i i i think that the mobley comparison is gonna be really interesting because I, you know, I remember a couple. It was probably a couple of months ago. Uh, yeah, it was during the FIBA tournament. Uh, I asked Twitter. I just like threw it out there, and I think I think it was before the draft, even. Mm. Um, like, who would you rather have if you could pick between Mobley and Chet? And Twitter pretty unanimously picked Mobley over Chet. So. I think it's going to be a very because I think their skill sets kind of overlap a little bit. Mobley a little bit better defensively, Chet a little bit better offensively. Hmm. But I don't know. Chet could get him when it comes to protecting the rim. Mm, okay, okay. Is that where we're moving to? Because, dude, I, I yes, I I agree, man. There's some rim protection stuff out to the perimeter block and shot stuff that's a lot of fun but Corey, before we move to that i do want to say i really do agree with you on the perimeter defense it's just like for me with Holmgren, there were some moments where i was like wait this is actually pretty damn good and like and once again like going back to like the body language stuff like i like his effort 
Like, I don't know why I had this weird stigma about Chet Holmgren, like before I really got into his tape where I was like, oh, like this kid's a diva. Like he thinks he crossed up <laughs> Steph Curry. Like I had this weird thing in my head. And then as I watched him, I was like, wait a minute, like he's actually a team player. He actually tries really hard. Um, I didn't really see him like flexing on people or like screaming and one in people's faces. Like I actually was really surprised by like the like the cool like humility to his game too mm -hmm. and just like going back to like FIBA like I just really loved his body language and I, I liked his energy with the team I liked that he was like not afraid to play different roles and that he was okay with like doing dirty work or whether it was like boxing out or making the extra pass or whatever it was like I just yeah I, I think I was pretty impressed by that so um even defensively there were moments where I was like okay I like the effort this is better than I was expecting. So I think that's what I was kind of speaking to. That's what's fun to watch about the FIBA tournament. Right, right. Because, because I also felt that way last year watching, or I, I don't know what the timeline is at this point when the actual <laughs> tournament was, but that's how I felt about Jalen Green in the, mm. in the FIBA tournament. A guy who I was like, okay, this is a kid who can also be a role player. And he's not acting like a diva. Like, I'm the most talented kid on the floor uh, you know, when it comes to putting the ball in the basket. Why are you not giving me the rock all the time? He's right. just like, all right, I'm going to play a role. I'm going to, I'm going to get buckets when I can, I'm going to run in transition. I'm going to hit open shots. I'm going to cut when I find gaps. Like, so th that's one of the fun things about watching this tournament. And yeah, Chet, Chet was a little bit of a leader. You know, the, uh, I think he does have yes. that. He's got that shit to him a little bit. Like, not in a cocky way. You like you want mm -hmm. players who who have some shit to them, right? You know, and like you see it a little bit in some of the high school games. I think if you watched any like the crossover stuff this summer, like you see it there when he's actually like going against you know older dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously that game doesn't mean anything. It's a pro am, <laughs> but you know I, I do like that he has some shit to his game, and I think mm -hmm. that's gonna benefit him. Um, I think that. Drew Timmy's got a little shit to his game too. So it's, oh, it's yeah. going to be fun to, to watch that, that connection there. Maybe Chet can grow like a cool mustache to go, oh, yeah. to go along with him. He probably can't grow a cool mustache, but <laughs> he doesn't look like he can grow one. Um, but if he could, that I think he should, but yeah, I think as a rim protector, I mean, the kid can just recover to so many spots on the floor. I, I mean, there was one, possession i think it was in that south korea game uh where and i highlighted it on twitter at one point where i freeze framed where the shooter was shooting in the short corner on the baseline versus yes. where chet started to take off from in his contest and it was like the free throw line and he managed to block the shot mm -hmm. now the shooter had a very slow release i think <laughs> most most college level shooters uh will probably have a little bit quicker of a trigger but the fact of the matter is that was the shooter and that was the play that chet was able to recover to and it was wildly impressive uh and then you know when you talk about the weak side stuff and then even just walling up i i think you're gonna move him in the mm -hmm. post and on the perimeter you know yes. I, when he gets to the nba let's say he's a four well, guess guess who's a four? Like DeAndre Hunter is a four. DeAndre okay. Hunter is, you know, he's going to put his shoulder into Chet 
and Chet's going to fly five feet back, right? You know, so even um, there's some strong-ass dudes in the NBA. The strength is going to be an issue. Right. But that crazy, ridiculous, Mr. Fantastic, go-go gadget length Mm -hmm. is truly a a sight to behold. I was going to say that, like, when we were talking about his dribble drive game and, like, he's i like more, i was gonna say he's more proportional is that how you, proportion proportionate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh than mobley was because you know we we always said like mobley's got those high hips yeah you know, those long legs high hips mm-hmm. um but chet really isn't yes. normally proportional either because his arms are so damn long that yeah. he looks like you know stretch armstrong mm-hmm. when when like like the toy, like you know, yes. it was meant to. It was meant to stretch, mm-hmm. but when you overuse the toy, it would just kind of stay like that. Yeah. After a while, and that's kind of what Chet's arms look like. But I, I think we're gonna see some really fun shot blocks this year. And part of that is it's like mobile. Like it's not just gonna come from blocking shots around the rim. You made note of it. Like he's able to block these jumpers, yes. and I think that speaks and going beyond the blocking ability i think it speaks to like the the scheme versatility that he'll have as a defender because i I think that he'll look a little bit different as a defender at college as what he'll be playing in the nba if current trends you know push forward which uh i'm sure by the time he's in the nba we'll start seeing you know the next defensive scheme drop coverage will you know we'll start seeing less of that obviously won't go away and we'll start seeing something else but like Putting Chet in a drop, it's kind of like the absolute perfect situation for him, putting him in a pick right. and roll. He might get crushed on a screen initially, but like in a drop uh, where he can just kind of sit back, play cat and mouse, just get his hand up mm-hmm. in, in case you know the shooter wants to come and, and get a shot up, right. but also have the length the other way to, to recover to the – I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to watch him. Yeah, dude, uh, Corey, I really agree with that. And, and I think kind of the next level of what you're talking about with him being able to block those perimeter shots and block shots at the rim, weak side, whatever, because he can do it, there's the threat of it. You know, I was watching them play against um, Imani Bates' team. Yep. And there was this one drive when it wasn't Imani Bates, but his teammate was going to the rim and he saw Chet Holmgren. And Holmgren didn't even jump, but just because Holmgren was there and he had his arms up, this fool just like chucked it on the backboard and completely jacked up the layup. And just watching that, I was like, oh, right there. That's the Chet Holmgren effect. Like he's not, he doesn't have to go and block and block every yeah. damn shot. But when he does block a shot and he blocks one on the perimeter, people are going to think twice. And we see that with the Knicks with Mitchell Robinson. That's something that's actually one of Mitchell Robinson's strength. He does a great job of getting out to the perimeter and blocking three point jump shots that no one ever would have thought he could have touched. And because he can do that, there's a threat of that. And it makes a guard think twice. And I think that's really interesting that Holmgren has that too. And, you know, as you mentioned, he is going to get moved off the block a lot. Like he's, I mean, he's listed at 195, but I think, Corey, I mean, you and I are not Rosillo. We're not going to start talking about like how much we can bench and stuff like that. And start mumbling our words like this. But, um, you know, we, I'm sure <laughs> both of us can bench Holmgren because that dude, he's got to be like 165, 170. I have no idea. Like he's so thin that, as you mentioned, these bigger fours are just going to toss him around. Like no joke. Like, if Davion Mitchell put his shoulder into him, it might hurt him. It might actually hurt him. 
you know? And so that'll be a big like homework assignment for Chet Holmgren. I really hope he goes to Gonzaga. I hope that dining hall is unbelievably great to him. And I hope he puts on some weight because I think it'll definitely help him defensively. Yeah, he needs to. I, I think Mitchell Robinson's an interesting comparison for mm-hmm. him because <laughs> Mitchell Robinson was also a very skinny dude right. in high school. Uh, and the same kind of like odd length in mm-hmm. in how his body is. Now, mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson has gotten kind of jacked uh, in the boy. NBA. He His legs are still a little thin, not like... Um, you know, Nerland's Noel thin. He doesn't have mm-hmm. those kind of chicken legs, but his his legs are still. Not, and Chet's never going to develop. You know, he could he could hit leg day every day, and it won't matter. <laughs> he's right. He's he's not going to all of a sudden come in with like um, uh, Todd Hunley kind of thighs. Mm. That's a oh. that's a that's a big that's MLB a deep cut throwback. right there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, the helicopter swing. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Shout out to, uh, you know, the 90s New York Mets. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the the body proportion with Mitchell Robinson, I think, is interesting because he, he's a guy that you would want to emulate as long as you erase, you know, kind right. of the foul issues that he had. But Chet's probably going to have some of those um, dealing with that that level of strength. He's going to he's going to get moved. He's going to have to kind of defend in ways that maybe he hasn't had to. And, and he's going to get, I, I could see him getting into some foul trouble. Um, yeah. Yeah. Corey, uh, he's definitely more John Olerud than he's Todd Hadley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Um, I, I don't know if the N, you know, the NCAA is going to let him play with any kind of uh, head protection <laughs> in the same way, but um yeah, definitely as far as body type goes. Um, yeah. What other Mets can we talk about? Ray Ordonez, uh <laughs> Benny Agbayani. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, Ta- what did you think about Chet's rebounding? Uh, so, okay, that this is a good segue. I, I feel like his rebounding was where I was like, what the hell's going on here? Like, um, for me with Chet... I now I'm going to get a little bit hard on him. I saw a lot of ball watching, a lot of standing around, honestly, on my end. But once again, Corey, we've said this for three, four weeks now, like high school basketball defense. I'm giving all these fools an INC. They're all getting incomplete because so much of what we're watching, it was like NASCAR, man. Like these guys are just like racing up and down the court and just like throwing up shots or throwing up alley-oops. So uh, with his rebounding, there were some moments where I was like, nice use of your length, kid. But a lot of times I just saw him kind of ball watching and not really like boxing anybody out or trying to find a man to box out. So I was a little I wasn't really impressed. But but in FIBA play a little bit better, uh, a little bit better as a rebounder. It just overall his game was just like way more like tuned up and just cleaner and like more like focused. So those are my thoughts on his rebounding. Yeah, I'm definitely willing to uh, look look past the lack of like nuance for a lot mm-hmm. of these kids in their high school games. Because even the high-level ones are just, you know, kind right. of train wrecks. The FIBA play, that's another reason I like it, because you can actually get a little bit of that nuance. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the kid is just going to get rebounds just from being around the hoop with his length. He's going to steal boards from people sometimes, but Mm -hmm. there are going to be times where the kid just doesn't have the strength to move somebody in their spot. And, you know, he's going to have to stop relying on his length and start actually putting a body on somebody. It's, it's one of the things that is I think already hard for high school kids just wanting to box out versus like just using your athletic gifts. It's you're like, if you don't have to use it, why would you put the extra effort? But it also builds those habits where it's like, all right, well now I actually have to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if, if Chet had like Kenneth Lofton juniors, boxing out ability Mm, mm. (laughs) you know it would it would really benefit him but he's gonna have to do that at the next level now i i still think he's gonna be a a plus rebounder regardless just the physical gifts are what they are man like he's gonna move to the spot he's gonna grab boards before they're even close to the vicinity of other guys who are less um you know physically gifted than him but uh you you could start seeing in the NBA, a perimeter based version of Chet where he doesn't actualize his rebounding potential. And he's starting to play out on the perimeter exclusively as he kind of does now. And you're getting rebounding numbers that resemble like Jaron Jackson jr. Or Laurie Markinen, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Channing Fry, you know, uh, right. And a uh, incredible rookie year with the Knicks. I mean, yeah. people thought he was the next Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, coming in <laughs> after that money from that little, you know, uh, Kurt Thomas mid-range spot. Right. Um, right. But eventually, like, the fandom for wherever he lands is going to be like, yo, this fucking guy is seven feet tall with arms that never end. Can he get a freaking board? Right. And that's what happens eventually even if schematically he's kind of put in positions where he's not going to be like a guy who's getting a ton of offensive rebounds and defensively, you know, who knows? I mean, if, if he's a guy like people think he's more of a perimeter guy and he's not going to be ultimately play the five, Mm -hmm. then he's not going to probably get a lot of rebounds. And then, then you're just tall for nothing. You're tall for no reason. (laughs) So I, I guess that what position do you think that he ultimately is? That's a million dollar question, man. I mean, look, I, I thank the Lord every day that I'm not an NBA exec right now because Jesus, some of these questions are so hard, Corey. Like, I what the hell do you do with Chet? Like, I don't know. Like, I think the only one that even remotely makes sense to me is to play him at the four, right? You have to put him next to a big like you mentioned Houston before. Like, okay, like I, I'd like him next to Garuba too. Like that makes sense to me. You know, Garuba's yeah. gonna be a banger, you know, he's gonna be, you know, a really versatile defender. You put him next to Garuba, that's kind of cool, right? But I just, you put him at the five and he's going to leave you wanting a lot. Just like, as we mentioned, we're talking about the rebounding right now. Like, I just don't know if he'll ever go and grab you 10 rebounds. Maybe he will. Maybe I'm dead wrong on that. But just as you mentioned, like he's lacks so much in terms of girth and size and stuff like that. And we'll see though, you know, college, maybe Drew Timmy teaches him a little something, something. I don't know. But as of now, I think the four makes most sense, right? I don't know. I, I will say I like him next to uh, Beef Stew in Detroit too. Oh yeah, Similar there's a guys. lot of there's there's a yeah there's a lot of interesting spots. Now, you know I wrote about Chet pretty recently, asking like what 
the the title of the article was "What the fuck is Chet Holmgren?" And it was asking a lot of questions. It wasn't just asking what position is he. It's asking like, is he a unicorn? Like, I think that the unicorn discussion is gonna right definitely take place. You know, because he's gonna get those Przingis comps. Um, if he's a full time wing, that's kind of unicorn esque for a guy his yeah. size, right? Because comparing him to KD is it's it's weird because one KD is the most gifted scorer maybe of all time but mm-hmm. two like KD wasn't this seven footer that he grew into KD when he came into the league was like what six nine six ten maybe yeah yeah maybe you know like probably hovering between there somewhere and right. and um I think those extra couple of inches are a big deal as you're growing and maturing your game and like KD, I f- it felt like he was more of a perimeter, like naturally a perimeter scorer. Like he, he was able to his rookie year have PG uh, PJ Carlissimo mm-hmm. play him at the two. And it was mm-hmm. like, all right, this is absurd, but also like Kevin Durant could do that. And it's not like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not his optimal position, but he could play the two. Exactly. So, Figuring out what Chet is and what position he is. I, ultimately, I came to the fact, like I mentioned earlier, what are you going to guard? And I look at all of these guys, and the initial thing that people are going to say is play him at the three. He's a wing. That's going to happen initially. He could shoot. He's fluid offensively. Like he can cover out on the perimeter. People are going to say, like, let's put him at the three because he's skinny. Right. They they said it with Markinen. Uh, they even said it last, you know, just a few months ago with Mobley. Like people think that he could be a wing, not a fucking mm. chance. Right. <laughs> Porzingis. There were all the articles play him at, as a three, but ultimately these guys end up at, as fives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might take a few years to get there, but they ultimately their best position is this guy's going to be your main rim protector. Right. And, I think Holmgren has a chance to be the guy who swings between the four and the five. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how his, his kind of body development plan plays into that. But yeah. these skinny guys, they, they got to beef up a little bit. And right. then, you know, they, when they start beefing up, they slow down a little bit or they get, you know, one little injury, which slows them down a tad. And all of a sudden they ultimately just end up as fives. Even marketing yeah. played, you know, a ton of minutes at the five last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause it's hard yeah. to find guys that complement what you need. Like ultimately you don't want to take Chet away from the hoop all that much on defense. You right. want him to be the last line of defense protecting the rim. And these fours in the NBA, like I mentioned before, like you're looking at, you know, DeAndre Hunter and Kawhi right. and Patrick Williams and like this new it's basically they're threes now. Mm-hmm. And Julius he, Randall. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> I I wonder if we see any kind like I feel like the Knicks need one of these fours that we're talking about so you could see mm-hmm. a little bit of Randall at the five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they're hoping Toppin becomes that. I think they probably are too, but <laughs> I Toppin to me is I like the same thing. Yeah. Like like yeah. I I think you need that like Marcus Morris kind of player. Right. Uh, right. You know, like 
who's more naturally able to do some of those things. Hopefully I, I love, I'm still in on Obi. So, you know, if he does it, that'd be, you know, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, like that's who plays a four nowadays. Do you want Holmgren is, is having Holmgren guard those guys, your best use of Chet Holmgren on defense. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Zion, so that's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Zion, Zion's one of the unicorns of the league. Yeah. Agreed. You know, agreed. We don't need to just use that term for a seven footer who could shoot and block shots. Zion is is a unicorn. He's seven hundred pounds, six <laughs> foot three, jumps a hundred feet in the air, wow. and can bully people like Shaq. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's a unicorn. Obviously, those measurements, uh, ladies and gentlemen, are all hyperbole <laughs> and exaggerations. Just to clarify that, right. Man, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck is he? I know. I know. I know. All right, Albert. <laughs> it is about that time. We're fifty. Right. We're about fifty-two minutes into this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need you to sell me this pen on Chet Holmgren as the potential number one overall pick. Uh, I... <laughs> okay, sorry. I I just have like '90s Mets like stuck in my head right now. I'm like, do you want a Todd Zeal or a Mike Piazza? <laughs> Chet Holmgren is a Mike Piazza. <laughs> but okay, um, this Chet is a Holmgren... very New York centric episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm a Yankee fan. I've been a Yankee fan my whole life, so I don't know why I know so many Mets from back in the day. Um, but anyway, okay. I'll sell you this pen. Okay. So I, I think if you're interested in like guys who are like strange and intriguing, but also ridiculously talented that have like physical gifts that are pretty special and different, then you go for Ch- Chet Holmgren. Like he's a seven footer who doesn't exactly know what he is, but that's kind of the intrigue, right? If if you like mystery, if you like, you know, to be titillated if you like squid games on netflix then you should get into chet holmgren you know he's a guy that's gonna leave you asking a lot of questions and you're not going to be exactly sure but the overwhelming talent makes you excited and so if you're into that it's like it's it's exactly like a netflix show that's really exciting but has awesome actors in it you know you know that there's a high floor and what the ceiling is you're not sure but you kind of got to dive in there to find out and so i think that's chet holmgren man I think it might be. I'm not sure after your pitch if I'm willing to <laughs> put my eggs in on, in that basket fully, but um, I think that Chet's probably one of the, I don't know. Is he the most intriguing prospect in the draft right now? For me, yes. The most volatile, most intriguing for me, yeah. Yeah, see, like, I don't know if Chet if I think Chet's as volatile as you do, but I understand there is some volatility to him as a prospect, because what are the expectations going to be for him? It's hard to see him not be a valuable NBA player, but if you're investing the number one overall pick into him and he turns out to be more like, you know, kind of third option, Przingisy rather than you know this modern day kind of wing who blocks four shots a game mm-hmm. and you're willing to pass up on a guy who maybe is going to score 30 points per game in, in Jaden Hardy or maybe Paolo Boncaro 
mm-hmm. looks like the second coming of like Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. less bounce. Mm-hmm. Are you going to regret it? That's where the volatility is. It's, it's yeah. is the risk worth the reward versus what maybe you might know you're getting with some of these other guys. But I hear that. I kind of agree. He he is going to be one of the more intriguing guys to watch during this college season. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So let me ask you, are, are you pumping or, or dumping here? I, I will pump. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pump. I'm going to, I'm going to pump Chet just because I'm, st- I'm really intrigued, you know, going into this episode, Corey, I can't even tell you how like down on him. I was like the last couple of weeks. And then I just kind of just dove head first in his tape and he really changed my mind. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and say he's like a hall of fame type of guy, but I, my tune on him has changed a lot. And I'm, and I'm actually, and I've been really like pleasantly surprised by what I saw. And it, it's getting me really excited to see what he becomes at Gonzaga because it could really go either way with him. But for now, he seems like a, he could be a blue chipper and I want to kind of pump the blue chip stock. He could, he could definitely be one of these blue chip guys. <laughs> and we're not talking about Penny Hardaway's prospects. Mm. Which I'm um, I'm going to see in November. Me and uh, my guy, our guy Nathan uh, Gribble, who you're going to see a whole lot of stuff from yeah. in collaborations with us in the future. Our guy from Draft Deeper, um, definitely check out his podcast because he's been doing a lot of like tier breakdowns of some of the old draft classes and mm-hmm. and how they've evolved, which has been um, really fun listens. So uh, I think that does it for for Chet today. Um, mm-hmm. So tell no the comps? people, Albert. Uh well I feel like we talked about the comms man. Okay. Unless okay. you have an unless you have a good one like a different one. Yeah, I have one more. Okay. Um just just one more. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's not a perfect comp, but I was thinking like I know this guy has a son in the league right now. Um and you know they're kind of similar to be honest, but honestly I saw a little bit of Manute Bowl. You know, Manute Bowl back in the day could shoot mm-hmm. the three and obviously it was a different time and he didn't put it up as much, but you know, I'd see Chet as like a little bit more mobile. Maybe has a little bit minute bowl to him. Not really sure if he can defend to the post and people are going to challenge him at the rim, but he can shoot it and Chet's definitely a better passer. But anyway, I just one other name that came up there because I know everyone's going to say Porzingis and Mobley and all those guys. But I also thought of minute bowl and I wanted to throw minute bowl in there because, you know, I love my like 80s, 90s guys. So, yeah, I I mean, I, honestly, sticking with the bowl, I see a little bit of maybe of what people bowl, bowl. want bowl bowl to be. Because <laughs> Bol yeah. Bol like when he's gotten minutes, he's shown that he can really create space and, and shoot the ball. He's able to he's made some unbelievable passes. Mm-hmm. Like one-handed live dribble three-quarter right. court and transition, like crazy shit. Blocked shots, like Bol Bol's problem was always like the nuance, the understanding, some of the effort stuff. But the talent's always there. So if if Chet has all that, he could actually be like what people wanted at a bowl bowl, who was a kind of top ten prospect before that college season. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. that's um maybe bowl bowl is the best comp of them all. Yeah. You know, I mean maybe and, and, maybe and people might look at that as a slight, but like the idea of what bowl bowl was, maybe that's maybe that could be the answer. I don't know. Uh yeah. Albert, tell the people where on the www's they could find you 
Uh, you can find me at Garbage Time Gim or actually on Twitter. GTGNBA is where you can find me. And that's pretty much all I have to plug right now, man. Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole lot to plug either. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've been dropping my uh, uh, some YouTube breakdowns. We, we got Chet. You can watch in video form if you enjoyed the audio episode here. Um, preseason film sesh. Uh, Paolo Boncaro hit Jaden Hardy hitting um, Patrick Baldwin jr. Next yep. um, for the video breakdown. Been watching a lot of him. And uh, if you want to read about Chet, you could go to uh, my Twitter at the hardwood mag and go to the Substack link. And uh, I wrote about Chet in detail, but if you listen to this entire podcast, then it's, it's just a reiteration. I think <laughs> a lot of the points, um, but yeah, go there and subscribe to it. And, um, Pretty soon, there's a lot of us are going to be writing. There's going to be a lot of yes, fun sir. draft writings and musings and and content in general. I'm mm-hmm. really excited, Albert, about mm-hmm. my in season film sesh this Oof. year. Mm-hmm. I am going for it. Let's go. There's going to be go. green. There's green screen involved. There's 90s mm-hmm. nostalgia involved, as per right. usual. I'm ready to take a look at the draft world mm-hmm. on YouTube. Right. And really just be like, nobody's fucking with me. Right, right. Here we go. Big tease, boys. Or like, girls, everyone. Um, Everybody. Corey's bringing the heat. Corey's bringing I'm, the heat. I'm ready to bring the heat. Uh, I'm ready to step up. I, mm-hmm. I have a, a vague idea of everything that I'm doing. I designed right. most of it already. And I just have to segment it the right way. But I'm, <sighs> I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to make it happen. I'm really, really excited. I think creatively... This is one of the more creative endeavors that I'm try- I'm going to try to tackle. Let's and go. Um, let's just hope I can get uh, good, good enough lighting in my apartment to make the green screen work. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, until that mm-hmm. time, if you have not yet, subscribe to the podcast. You're already listening to it. Please do. You know what I mean? Like, you're already here. Just hit subscribe or follow hmm. on Spotify. Um, and then, you know, if you haven't yet, and I know that only like 26 people have rate it, you know, rate it. you can Stars. be honest. Look, somebody Words. gave us a, somebody gave us a one star review. Yeah. They oh, really, awesome. they really didn't like it a lot. <laughs> what a loser. Okay. <laughs> most people, you. most people, <laughs> most people gave it a five star. Okay. Most people gave it a five star. One or two people gave it a one star. They were like, don't really like these fucking guys. <laughs> They're clowns. <laughs> Maybe a little arrogant. Who knows? You know, I don't know. But uh, yeah, you know, rate it and review it and share it. Definitely share it. We're we're bringing the heat. It's the off season. College basketball is coming soon. NBA is coming soon. We're we're here watching high school basketball for you guys, and you're here listening. We appreciate you, and uh, we're not done. We're gonna keep these episodes coming until the season starts. And that's that's just how it's going to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, until next week, uh, y'all. That's it for us. Now we're just rambling. I know. <laughs> like maniacs. <laughs> um, that's it, guys. We out. Peace. Peace.